What's up, everybody? Welcome back to the Seven Figure Flipping Podcast. This is Bill Allen. Today, I have an amazing show for you. It's one of our runway members that moved up to altitude recently. Her name is Diane Morris. She is a realtor, previous interior designer um, for like almost 20 years, flipping houses, like luxury houses in Washington. Amazing, amazing human being. She's had a ton of struggles. She's had a ton of wins. She's going to talk through all that and some actual tactics of how you can win in a high-end environment. So don't miss this one. My name is Bill Allen, and I'm the leader of a group of elite house flippers and wholesalers called Seven Figure Flipping. We don't brag or show off our success, but instead let integrity and stewardship be our guide. We are dedicated to helping people unlock the freedom they desperately need. If you ask other real estate investors, they will say to keep your secrets quiet. But we believe in abundance, not scarcity, and that's why we are the elite. We are Seven Figure Flipping, and this podcast is our playbook. All right, everybody, we are back with another amazing show for you. I have a great interview and I can't wait to talk to her. We uh, spent some time together in Cancun. I've known her for a while and uh, just hearing her story and um, everything she's been through and what she's doing in her business, really, really incredible. I know you're going to get a ton out of it today. And so I want to introduce you to one of our Seven Figure Altitude members, Diane Morris. Diane, thanks for coming on the show with me. You're welcome. Good morning. Good morning. So if you can just give everybody a uh, Maybe a quick background of who you are, where you live, what you do, that kind of stuff. Yep. So I'm in the Vancouver, Washington market. I have been an interior designer for over 20 years, a real estate broker with Keller Williams for about 17 now, and started flipping in 2018. Got my very first deal in 2018. Okay. Um, what about, like, what got you started? Like, why did you go from doing all this real estate stuff, interior design stuff to flipping houses. In 2018, why did you say, I want to do my first deal? Well, so my friend Robert Tracy was flipping up in Longview, Washington, and I was watching what he was doing. And uh, I knew if he could do it, I could do it because I felt like I could do it at a higher level and, and do higher end homes than he was doing. And so uh, my parents passed away and left me some money. And so I took that money and I bought my first property. Uh, but unbeknownst to the listing agent and to me, uh, we ended up with a free lot with that deal. So it had two tax lots, something I had no idea that, that you know I would end up blessed with. So it was really a profitable deal. Um, I think I bought it for $108,000 and put about 50 grand into it. We sold for 225 and I got a free lot. What'd you do with the lot? Sold it to Robert. <laughs> ah, he actually, nice. Yeah, he actually bought it for, um, he's building fourplexes up there. So uh, he bought the lot. We actually had a neighbor. The neighbor that I sold the house to actually was kind of a nightmare. And she kept turning us in because the weeds were growing in the lot. And so anyway, Robert bought it for me and he's dealing with her. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. So, yeah. uh, so you made money on that too. That sounds like a great deal. How did you find that deal? And was it easy? Did you just like jump into it? I realized it was like four years ago, but if we can think about that. What was it like? I totally just jumped into it. I, I saw what Robert was doing. I had this money and I knew I wanted to buy a flip. So, um, it was actually in the RMLS. It was an estate property and I knew the agent, the listing agents. So I called him and just said, Hey, I want to buy that house. And I had the cash to do it and the money to, to rehab it. So I did. And then from there, I just went, kept doing it, you know? Okay. So did you know how to like estimate the repair costs and things like that? Did you know? So you had the money. 
did you know after you bought it, like all the things that you needed or did like, what was that like? No idea. <laughs> no idea. I just, uh, had a contractor that I knew really well. He did all my 35 hour repair addendums for me. And I talked to him and just said, Hey, do you think you can do this job? And he said, yeah, we went, did a walkthrough and I told him what I wanted to do, take out walls, different things that I knew. I had the design vision of what I wanted to do, but I had no idea what it would cost to do it. And um, I just said, you know, hey, I have a budget of 50 grand. Do you think you can do it? And he said, yeah, and he did it. Uh, I think he actually didn't make any money on the deal because <laughs> I don't think he knew what he was doing and I didn't know what I was doing. And, and uh, at the end of the day, I made the money and he didn't so much, but um, you know, he did one more flip with me and then we just kind of parted ways because I think he, he knew it was, it was kind of over his head. Hmm. So, cause I, I'm, I'm working through this right now. I'm, I'm making like YouTube videos and some things like that. And, and I'm, I'm asking people for questions. And what I get a lot of times is like, I don't know how to find the money. I can answer that one pretty easy. I don't know how to estimate the repair costs. And that's one that I just made recently. I was like, you know what? Like you don't need all these apps. You don't need all this stuff. And and in the beginning, I feel like close is close enough. Like if I, I went, I went back to my first flip, it was in 2014. And I, I actually showed a video of all the Excel spreadsheets and my budget and everything. I had a 40, I think it was $45,000 budget was my plan. And I, I spent 62,000 and it just it went over budget, went over timeline, all this stuff happened. I actually did a lot more work than I thought. I was trying to save some money. I was getting in there. I was buying things from Lowe's and Home Depot to save money and not have the contractor get them and put a markup on it. And uh, ultimately I made $43,000. Like I actually show like the exact number to the cent that I made on it. Um, and like, honestly, even if I only made like 10 or 15 or broke even or even lost some money, I think the thing was I would have gotten that experience. And you can't, you can't pay, like it's taking the action and doing the thing and like educating yourself while it's happening is really important. So I love the fact that you just jumped in. Um, and was really the catalyst is the fact that Robert was doing this. So you knew that it was possible, like it being possible and knowing someone like not hearing it from somebody you didn't know, but actually knowing somebody, is that what made it real for you? So Robert was definitely the catalyst, but I've had a long history of dealing with people that in my life that have done investment properties. Another mentor of mine, Patrick Ginn, had told me a long time ago, I've always been interested in real estate and always wanted to do this. But when I was married, my husband didn't really you know, um, support that. So I got divorced 12 years ago and I've just kind of been watching Patrick. And he, I remember something he told me a long time ago. He said, if you make 10,000, he based it like a one, two, three, and a four on wins. So he said, if you make 10,000, it's a one. If you make 20,000, it's a two. 30,000 is a three. And anything over four, you've, you've knocked it out of the park, right? So I made over 40 grand on my first flip. So I thought I can do this. You know, it's, this is something I'm going to be good at. And I knew I could do it. So I just continued on. Nice. Yeah, it's, a, it's almost like a baseball analogy, single, double, triple, and home runs, right? And so uh, sometimes you get that those- That was moments. exactly it. That was it, yeah, but the singles and doubles are the ones that, that if you can consistently hit singles and doubles and get on base, then um, you have a great business, you know? It's not, they're not all home runs. So what, how did you find, how did you find like our world? How did you find us? So after I did that one flip, I uh, went down just down the street, actually, on the same exact street and bought another house and started flipping that. And I think it was online. Um, 
I was on Facebook or something and I saw something about, you know, Flip Hacking Live. Mm. And I thought, well, I want to go to that conference and see if I can learn more about this and get better at it. And in 2019 was when I went to my first Flip Hacking Live in San Diego. And that's where we met the first time. And I think you had just joined on or something as the president or whatever at that point. Um, and I got super, super excited about it. And then, as you know, after that, my life took a turn and I kind of put everything on pause for a bit. So, um, but you know, I've, I've really loved everything this organization had to offer and, and loved the people and, and Dave kept in touch with me. And, you know, he was, Dave's really the reason I'm still here. Cause he was just amazing to me, you know, through that loss. Do you want to talk about that? Because, and, and I'll ask you a little bit about it. If you don't want to go too deep, that's uh, fine. Um, I think the reason why I want to touch on it a little bit is because people think that like, it's, it's all easy for the people that are out there being successful. They're flipping a lot of houses, they're wholesaling houses, they're whatever they're doing, make a lot of money. It's really easy and they're, everything's perfect. So uh, all of us have to go yeah. through, like there's things that come up that happen. So um, you, you mentioned it was a time in your life that was a little bit tough. Like what was going on? So I have a son who is a type 1 diabetic, and he uh, was a flight attendant with United Airlines. And unfortunately, his insulin pump failed uh, while he was on a trip, and he passed away. And so uh, I think Flip Hacking Live was in October mm -hmm. of 2019, and Tyler passed away October 19th of 2019. So, um, you know, obviously that's going to put everything on the back burner for right now, and that's what happened and it was a, a big struggle, but you know, life happens and I knew that I'm a single mom. I had to had to continue on for my kids. Thankfully, I sell real estate and had that uh, kind of residual income in the sense that I've been a, a long established real estate broker. So I still had business coming to me, thankfully. That was easy, you know, easy for me to do. But we had just bought a flip and uh, like in September of 2019, we had just bought another flip. And actually what happened, I was renting at the time. I didn't own a house and my kids were renting as well. And we just kind of all decided all of our leases were up. So we all moved into my flip property because I was paying, you know, $4,000 a month for my, you know, flip property and um, in hard money. So we, you know, combined our incomes and all moved in together and just kind of huddled, huddled in for six months or so. Uh, then we sold that property. I didn't do anything to that property. All I did was put a HVAC system in it and painted the interior and staged it with our furniture. And we made a $65,000 profit on that house. Um, so we did, you know, our market, thank God, at that time was going up. And, and I've said all along, I think my son's an angel in heaven and just watching out for me. And I've been blessed in my business because of it. Mm. So, so after that happened, and it is absolutely devastating, I'm incredibly sorry for your loss. We've talked about it in detail, a lot more detail, obviously, you and I. What, um, what, what allowed you to get out there and, con and continue investing? So basically, I'm just a survivor. My kids are my why. Um, I know that's a surface level why, and I need to dig deeper, which you know we're working on. We learned that in Cancun. But essentially, you know, I just wanted to be an example for my kids that we were all going to be okay, you know, because everybody kind of fell apart. You know, my kids were very close to their brother. And, um, you know, I just felt like I needed to be the one to show them that we can be okay and life's going to go on, you know. And so I've just continued plugging away. And 
we have our good days and our bad days, but overall, you know, our lives are very blessed. And I just try to wake up every day and focus on that. So what was the next step that you had um, after like you, you realized, okay, I, I need to get back out there and continue investing. Like, what did you do? Well, we house made that profit. Um, I bought my own personal home at that point. Uh, their brother left some life insurance. So we bought my, both of my daughter's houses. Um, we used Tyler's life insurance money as down payments for their homes. Um, you know, I knew that our market was going to continue to go up and I really wanted my kids to be in a position where they weren't paying somebody else's mortgages, but paying their own mortgages. And my daughters are uh, 12, 25 and 30 now, but at the time they were, you know, 24, 29. And, uh, and it was a great move because they both have over a hundred thousand dollars of equity in their houses within, you know, a year or two time. And so from there, I just kept buying flips and, and kept going to flip hacking live. We went to Orlando and, and just, you know, joined runway then when I was in Orlando, cause I knew I wanted to jump in and do it. And it's just been a huge so what, um What do you feel like, like being part of the runway program, did that help you? And if so, like, how did that help you? What were some of the things that you, that you got from it? Well, it helps so much because we have our weekly accountability calls. I'm not one that likes to be accountable. <laughs> um, you know, I kind of run and do my own thing and I'm not super organized person. Um, details are not my thing. I'm very creative brain which is why I'm really good at the interior design portion of the flips. But I knew I needed tools to, to really elevate this business. And that's what I wanted to do. And so I joined Runway and, you know, you learn from other people that are kind of in the same boat as you. Some people are, you know, ahead of you. Some people are behind you. And, um, you know, it, six months on Runway and I knew I was ready to go up to well, And what was that decision like? Like what... Um... What, what did you need that, that was kind of like the next level for you? Well, I kind of felt like I had um, the flipping part down, the design part down. Um, I've got a great contractor now that I'm working with, so I had that down. And But I was still only doing one flip at a time, and I knew that my eventual goal is to leave real estate altogether. I mean, I'll always keep my license because I make the, the money on the, on the buy side and the sell side, really. Um, so I knew that I just wanted to do more and I didn't know how to do more. And in Cancun, after, you know, going to some of the runway groups, I felt like, um, I wasn't really learning anymore. I felt like I was kind of ready to just take on more and learn more. And I knew that the pieces I was missing, I wasn't really getting from runway anymore. I, I felt like I needed something more and, and I felt like I was kind of at the top of the class, so to speak. So I decided it was time to jump in and do do altitude. Did, did you feel like when you got into that place, and I, I realize you haven't had another event in person yet uh, there, but um, I, I know the feeling like, you know what, I feel like I'm teaching a little bit more or uh, I'm giving more and I need to kind of continue to grow and advance. And if I'm here, then I'm going to continue to, it's going to help me in giving back, but I'm not going to get some of the needs that I have. Um, so like moving into the other room, then you feel like, oh my gosh, like, uh, I, I'm, I'm now went from the top. It's like m my son is getting ready to go from like, uh, he's kind of moving up and getting older in elementary school. And I remember the time where I went from elementary school to middle school and middle school to high school. And you walk in and you're like, kind of like, 
oh, this feels uncomfortable in the beginning. But um, then towards, it's not long after that, you're like, I don't know, the king or queen of the school, right? So how does it feel? Within minutes, Bill, within minutes of being in the, the altitude classes, I was going, this is exactly what I needed. I think I said that to Dave when I got out of that first you know, class. I don't even remember now which class it was, but I was just mind blown. And I was like, okay, this is it. This is what I needed to elevate. And, you know, since leaving there, I now I'm doing four flips at one time. Whoa. I'm super, yeah, super overwhelmed. I Trust me, yesterday on the accountability call, I was like, I think I took it, you know, bit a little bit more off than I could chew. But, um, you know, it's growing pains, right? You, you learn and you grow and I'm charging up my credit cards. and. <laughs> All right. I, I, I want to dig into this a little bit because <laughs> you said for, for a long time you've been doing one at a time. And how, I mean, you, how do you just join Altitude and say, all right, like what changed uh, uh, from doing one to now doing four at a time? Like what there's, there's got to be something there. And, and if you can't pinpoint it, we'll work really hard to try to find it. Because I think this is really important, not just for you to understand and know, but also for everybody that's listening. Like there's a catalyst there to, to go from one house at a time to four houses at a time. Well, again, it was just the mindset, the, the shift of my mindset, joining altitude, you know, I'm a very competitive person. And so that I think, um, part was part of it, but also just hearing other people talk about what they were doing, how they were doing it. Um, you know, Adam Whitney and I sat and had a conversation that was, you know, kind of huge for me because super cool guy and, and he was really open to sharing what he does and stuff with me. And I just knew, you know, I've always been kind of fearful of, of failing, right? So I didn't want to take on more than I could handle. But I'm like, I can do this. I know that, um, you know, instead of having 40000 to $100,000 on each deal, if I did four at a time, I can close and get two to, you know, two to $300,000 all at one time, right? So I just knew that that's where I wanted to be. And I just decided to go for it. So I started making offers and, you know, fortunately or unfortunately, I got all of them. <laughs> and so then I'm like, oh, you know, crap, what do I do now? Right. So we actually have two houses sitting right now because I don't have the contractor, you know, wit to uh, to do them all. But we're doing two at a time and the other two are sitting there and I'm paying on them. But it's okay. You know, like I said, it's growing pains. We've got one going on the market today and another one in three weeks. So we'll be able to move on to the other projects, but nice. So what I heard is, uh, you're competitive. And then you said something like I'm, I was scared to fail. And what I wrote down just below that for, for myself, what, what I think is like, there's a little bit of a safety net. Like there's other people that are your a support network. Uh, and I call it like entrepreneurs anonymous, entrepreneurs anonymous. So um, there's a bunch of like, it's like, hey, my name's Diane and I have a problem. I really love to flip houses and I want to do like 100 of them at a time. And so there's a whole network of people that feel the exact same way that are like aligned and push each other um, in, in not a competitive way, but a very like friendly, um, uh, nice way of wanting other people to win along with them. And I think that safety net just, it, I think it goes back from what I see is it goes back to that same thing that allowed you to do that first deal was Robert giving you permission because it's somebody that you knew. Now you see people that are doing 10 at a time and you say four at a time is not going to be that bad for me. And there are people that you respect. There are people that have similar values and characteristics and there are people that, that want you to win. And when you have a problem, you can reach out. And that's what I always saw with it. I, I, 
ah, I was doing one house a year, a year, like every six months I would do a house. It would take me six months to sell it. Take me six months to find the next one, and I would do it again. Did that for like three years in a row, and and I jumped in this group and did sixty-seven houses. Like, I, I mean, twelve of those were flips, fifty-five were wholesale deals, and that was in like eight months. I didn't get my first deal for like four and a half months, and so it was only like eight months of time to do sixty-seven houses, and then one hundred thirty-five, then one hundred eighty-seven, and it, it really just came down to the fact that I didn't know that I couldn't do that. You know, I, I got in front of somebody who was doing a ton, Andy McFarland. And I was like, ah, if he can do it, I can do it. And I just have to figure out how. And so I believed that I could and I committed that I could and that I would do it before I knew how to do it. And it's the same thing that you did on that first deal. You didn't know how to estimate rehab costs, but you said, I'm going to flip a house. I don't know if you you heard yourself say that, but in the very beginning of the show, you were like, I was going to do it. Nobody was going to stop me. This other guy was doing it. So why can't I? And then... And, and in fact, you even said, like, I could do it better. I could do more expensive homes, make more money. And you, so you believe that you could before you had the tools to do it. So I think that's right. really important for anybody out there listening. If you don't believe that you can do it, then you're never going to do it. Like, you're going to find the next course. You're going to find the next podcast to listen to. You're going to find the next book. You're going to find the next thing that's going to give you information that's going to stop you from doing it when really you need to believe that you can do it. And if you can hear the sound of my voice right now, you can do it. Like, I don't care if you don't have any money. I don't care if you don't have a job. I don't care if you do have a job. I don't care if you do have money. It doesn't matter. Like, I've seen people who have no business flipping houses have a massive flipping and wholesaling business. And I've seen people who are probably perfect for it that don't do well. Like, anyone can do it. Anyone. Anyone. And I don't care if you're living in the basement of your parents' house right now and you're 22 years old, we have 22-year-olds in our mastermind group that are making millions of dollars a year. It's crazy to see. And we have 70-year-old men and women inside of our mastermind group that are making millions of dollars a year. Like there is no, there's no formula. I've tr- I, I'm an engineer and I try to figure out the science of all this. Like w- who is gonna be successful, who's not gonna be successful? It's like, you can't do it. You cannot do it. All, everybody has the ability to do it, but it's the belief that they will do it that changes everything. Like that's it. Yeah. We have, so, you know, I'm a Keller Williams agent and I, the reason, one of the things I can say about flip hacking live and altitude and runway is it's a very similar mindset, right? So Keller Williams is very, very, is very much teaches mindset. I took a class at KW called bold and it stands for business objectives, life by design. And we literally started every morning of that class with positive affirmations. What you think about, you bring about. No pressure, no diamonds. You know, they had all these things that they had to say literally on a daily basis. We started the meeting every day that way. And I learned a long time ago, it's mindset. Like, it it doesn't matter um, how insecure you are. If you just change your mindset, really, you can do anything in life. And... Like I said, that's the example I want to be to my kids, right? You, you just, no matter what it is, you can do it. You just have to change the way you think about it. And, and then if you don't have the tools, you learn the tools and you can do it. And that's what I love about you guys, you know, seven figure flipping. Uh, KW has the same, you know, um, people in the organization that you guys have, people that are there to help you along the way. 
people that are there to encourage you and you know they're not competitive against you they want you to succeed and i mean it's just been incredible i'm so blessed with the people i've met in this organization and i really appreciate it well we're thankful to have you too um i i would like to hear you've done some really cool things some bigger deals maybe you have some tips that have worked for you lately that you'd like to share with everybody that's listening some things that you think i wrote down like what's your superpower like what is the thing that you are really really good at and that you do well that you would that you could share with somebody else to kind of give back that's listening maybe they're flipping houses right now um, maybe they want to get into it i don't know something that there's something that you do that's allowing you to kind of get to this next level and make a bunch of money on your deals um, because I've seen some really big ones that you've done. So what, um, maybe there's something that you can share more of like a strategy tip, things like that for them as we kind of close out the show. Sure. Um, well, I, from the get go, I said, I wanted to do higher end homes and I, you know, I'm one of those people I can't go in because of my design mind. I can't go in and just do a cosmetic flip. Every time I've tried, I've failed. It's okay. <laughs> I go in, I got the whole house. I rewire it. I change, you know, take out walls and all these things. So I knew that I had to go to higher and to really make the profit that I wanted to make. So instead of starting with, the, you know, in our market, the lower end homes in our market would be 300000 So instead, I buy the $500,000 houses and I sell them for the 700000 mark, you know, or right around there. And, um, you know, it's, it's just a strategy I've used. There's less competition. You know, a lot of Flippers and wholesalers in our market, they want those low-end homes. And so you're, you've got 20 offers on each property. I don't have a lot of competition. I buy most of my houses on the MLS. And, um, you know, I do that because that's where I know to buy them. I don't have any wholesalers really that have brought me deals in our area that, that have been profitable other than the one that we have talked about. But um, I had my first wholesale deal and, and another flipper in our market actually didn't want the house. He was moving on to doing new construction and he called me and said, you know, I've got this house for 300 grand. Do you want it? I went and looked at it. We bought it. We sold it for 715. And so that was a very profitable um, flip for me. I wish I could do that more, <laughs> you know, but um, my strategy is really just to buy it where I have a hundred thousand dollar gap in there where I know I can spend a hundred thousand dollars on it and sell it for a hundred thousand dollars more. So from the sounds of it, what you've done is you've, you've used your background in interior design and, um, and knowing and looking at supply and demand and looking at gaps in the marketplace where other people don't want to go. And with your background, it's allowed you to understand what the high-end buyer wants, what the higher-end home should look like. You have connections in that area, which has allowed you to fill a need and a niche in your marketplace that maybe a, a first-time newer flipper would have trouble doing. Um, it's interesting because I actually recommend like newer flippers. They stay in the median home price houses where there is a ton of demand on the back end. And so where I've lost money, it's funny because I've lost, I lost 70,000, 50,000 and 30,000 on the three higher end homes that I did in Pensacola because in my history, I didn't know that. So there's a couple things that I, that I took away from that. One is uh, contractors for higher end homes need to be higher end home contractors. Like they need to understand that the little details really matter and the materials and things like that. Um, the other thing is there's not a big of a demand on it. So you have to hit it right. So um, the times on market might be a little bit longer planning for that, just watching it and understanding that market and realize it's totally different. The third thing for me was 
that price changes. Like if I price it wrong or it's not really hot market, and this would believe me, this was this is like five or six years ago. So the market was not like it is now. Um, I could probably sell my home and those higher end homes immediately now. But um, the price changes that I'd have to make to get attention on the MLS, they weren't like 5,000 or 10,000 like I was used to doing in the 200 to $250,000 range. It was like 40 grand or 50 grand. And it was like half my profit. So while I saw bigger dollar signs, what I didn't, what I also saw was some of those risks. Now, I also coach and we have a lot of really high-end flippers inside the mastermind group. And what I've noticed is that's their specialty. Like they do that. Like that's what they do. When you ask them what they do, they say, I flip million dollar homes. Like they don't flip 150 to $250,000 houses like I was doing. They don't, and it's, they know that market. They know the supply, they know the demand, they know the contractors, they know the interior design, they know that stuff. Like that's their bread and butter. And a lot of them came from like what you came from. So I think it's really cool that you found that niche you, you, and you, you like slid into it because there's not a lot of people there and you can buy on the MLS. You, so all the problems that those people are having right now, if I can't find enough inventory, I can't find these things, I can't do this. Like you're not having those problems and you right. have the background on it. The other thing that we just talked about in our accountability group is with the interest rates ticking up a little bit right now, it's kind of taken the lower end buyer out of the game. You know, the people that are first time home buyers no longer qualify, right, for these these houses. So I'm kind of in that sweet spot where there's still cash buyers moving up from California and Oregon. And so, you know, knock on wood, I think we're still in that sweet spot where we don't have the interest rates affecting our buyers in the way that some of the lower end flips might be having right now. Mm. Yeah, that's interesting. Yeah, that like $150,000, $200,000 range is just like completely gone. It doesn't even exist. And uh, I'd say the thing that I would, call, I, would, I would tell the high-end flippers to look out for in the future, we talked about a little bit in Cancun, is some of those buyers kind of like water falling down to the next level. So um, just I would say long-term, watch out for that as interest rates rise. Some of the people that qualify for a million-dollar home before might only be 900000 now or 800000 So just for you and anybody else out there, that's the thing that I would say just watch that. Like, I'm not saying change your whole model, but watch that because that's the thing that you might see is some of those really high end areas starting to dry up. Like right now, I'll give a perfect example. I'm looking at buying a, a, a jet to put into a charter system. And what I'm thinking about is if the economy tanks and we, we do go into a, a longer term recession, the first thing that's gonna go away is discretionary spending. And uh, you know, a, a luxury jet that costs $8 million that you're chartering for $30,000, $40,000, you might be going on first class airfare on the cattle car again. But, but then I looked and said, okay, well, who's the real marketplace here? Do the people that rent out a $8 million jet for a week with their family do they get affected by economy shifts like this? Like, or are they just loaded? Like, are they just have stupid money that it doesn't matter? So the thing is, it probably does push out certain people, but the people who were flying in a private jet in 2009, 10, and 11 are still gonna be flying a private jet now. Um, and it, then, it's, then it's the operator who's the best operator that's supplying that marketplace to the right people that's the best marketer and salesperson. So um, a couple things that I'm thinking about that, I think people out there should should consider. But the cool thing is, what I see is you took your superpower from a previous uh, job, previous life, and you said, how can I use my skills to come into this industry that I want to be in and and profit and and thrive in? Instead of saying, oh, this is what everybody else is saying to do, I'm just going to do that. 
And I, I love that. Like, I really love it. I, I wish more people would think for themselves, would design their business around them, not around what everybody else is telling them to do, what all the other coaches and trainers are saying. They figure out, how can I take the information like you did from runway and altitude? And there's, there's not a lot of high-end training in there, right? There's not a lot of high-end, like, here's the high-end fixtures that you need to use. Here's how to do really high-end houses. It's, it's, this, is, this is how to build a flipping business. This is how to build a wholesaling business. And you took that and said, okay, how can I... How can I take this information and make it really effective for me in, in the business that I want to create my way? And exactly. that's really cool. So that, that is the superpower. That is hopefully a lesson to all of you guys. And it might not sound super tactical and, and strategic and like, or, or like the thing that you think that you need right now. But I'll tell you, like moreover than the how to do all this stuff, you need to have the belief change and you need to understand. Like that's probably the biggest piece of advice that we could ever give on this show ever. And the biggest tactical thing that you just don't think is tactical because you want you want that answer right now. Like everybody out there, I oh I just just tell me how tell me the best list to market to. Like design your business around your superpowers and your history and and what you can do really really well better than anybody else. There's there's like two things that I think about um, in in my business right now. It's like what do we, what do you do better than anybody else in the entire world, and how can you be profitable in that? <laughs> like that this is two things. If you get that right. That's business in a nutshell. So what do you do better than anybody else in the world? So for us at Seven Figure Flipping, what is it that we do better than anybody else in the world? And how can we figure out how to be profitable in that and use yeah. that? So, and you've done it. It's really cool. Um, what's <laughs> next for Diane Morris? What's next? What are you doing? I, I, learn. I mean, like I said, that's why I'm in altitude. You know, I've done all of this on pure talent. You know, my design background and my real estate background has really helped me tremendously. I can walk into a house now and I can tell exactly how much it's going to cost me. And I've done it long enough now to know what a hundred thousand dollar, you know, rehab is going to look like. Right. So for me, it's really finding the systems and figuring out how to, I mean, I, I, again, I said, I'm not an organized person. So hiring those pieces out that I'm not good at is my next step. You know, I have to, I have to get to a point where I can trust other people with the pieces that I'm not good at. I love it. Well, I think we can help you with that. So yeah. if anybody's out there, like you went through Runway and that's kind of the first place you jumped into. If anybody's out there like wondering about it, thinking about joining, not sure, what would you say to them? Do it. Just do it. I mean, the way I looked at it is is that investment, what I learned in Runway, what I paid for the entire year, I made in profit in one deal. Mm. I mean, you know, it, it might sound expensive to some people, but when you're, you're investing in coaching basically. And you know, you will always get that money back and then some. I love it. I, I think the same way, like you're investing in yourself and this belief. And uh, the cool thing for me is when I look at it, I look at like all the money that I spent to go to college and school. Like I spent money, I went into debt for all that, spent a lot of money. And then um, I came out not having made anything. The cool thing about <laughs> joining a program like this is you actually like pay the money on the front, learn how to do it. And then you can actually make money while you're doing it. So it's really cool. Um, okay. I'm going to ask you something. You are doing something different than a lot of people. So we have an application for flip hacking live, uh, to speak at flip hacking live. I don't know if you know that, but you have been there for a few years. Um, I would love it if you would apply to speak at flip hacking live and something about talking about like higher end homes, design, things like that, like how you can make um, extra money by designing the house the right way. I think this would be a really cool um, 
uh, presentation at the event. So um, I'm going to put it out there like on the podcast and then everybody can respond to the email that we send out, the podcast, every, all on Facebook. Be like, yes, I want that. I want that. I want that. I want that. <laughs> so um, I think it'll be really cool. And I'm not going to put you on the spot to say yes or no right now, but um, I would love to have something like that um, at the event. And you've been coming for a lot of years. You know what it's like. You're an awesome uh, person. You're doing some amazing things. And I bet there's a lot of people out there that would love to learn from you. So um, yeah, well, I'd have to take a public spe speaking course or something because it scares the heck out of me. <laughs> but uh, I, I know I'm not alone in that. So. Look, um, we, if we were just hiring public speakers to come to this event that were all dialed in and, and, and perfect and everything was great, then people wouldn't show up. They come to see the people who are really doing the things and they can, and uh, there was a, there was a, a young girl, her name's Alessandra uh, Thompson. She's, she spoke at our last event, Multifamily Live. And she, she had this saying at the event, she said, um, success lies on the other side of fear. And I was like, man, this is really great. She just does stuff. She's like, I'm scared, but I'm doing it anyway. And I think that's what it is. Like, um, there's another level past what we're doing, and it usually comes um, by going through fear and going through the, the the thing that's holding us back. So, anyway, that's my open invitation to you. Take it, don't take it. Um, I think it would be a really cool idea. And um, the only way that I'm even going to consider it is if you fill out the application. So, um, I'm working on the three days right now, and as I put it together, I'm like, man, we have never had a presentation like that as we're talking today. So, uh, I would push you to apply even if it's uncomfortable because. Um, everything that you've done is uncomfortable and you've been very successful in all of it, I'm sure. Well, thank you. All right. Any last things that you want to share with the audience before we go? Not really. Just do it. Just do it. Um, <laughs> I gave a presentation about a guy named W. Clement Stone at our last event. And he was um, one of Napoleon Hill's students and wrote a couple books with Napoleon Hill a widely successful guy, built an insurance company from $100 to $500 million. Um, and he attributed a lot of his success to saying these three words over and over and over again. And they were, do it now. Just do it now. Do it now. Do it now. He would say it like hundreds of times a day sometimes. And he was like, a lot of my success comes from me just, just doing it, just acting, just going out and trying and trying and trying. Even when I don't have the skills, I don't have the knowledge, I don't have anything. I just try to do it. Try, fail, try, fail, try, win. And he's like, do it now, do it now, do it now. And that was the saying that we gave for the last three days. So I've been saying it over. I've been, I've been saying, do it. And they've been repeating now, do it now, like when now? And they're just like, we're screaming back and forth. It was so much fun. And you just nailed it over this whole show. And it's what you've been doing. So uh, best advice Diane could possibly give, just do it, uh, do it now. And, um, and you'll find success on the other side of fear and failure. And uh, fail, forward. fail forward too. You know, yeah. I mean, don't be afraid to fail. That's how we learn and grow. I agree. And 100% um, and why you should be a speaker at Flip Hacking Live. All right, everybody. <laughs> Thank you guys for hanging out with us today. I hope you got a lot from this show. Um, we are uh, going to be opening up the runway program uh, soon. We've been, uh, it was just Flip Hacking Live for years. And uh, we had a lot of people in uh, July. Uh, actually, no, it wasn't July. What is it? May now? It was like uh, all through like January. January started doing this RIA and we had people that were just like, ah, I need this program. Like I want it. I, I, I can't wait till October. Like I'm just going to. 
I got to figure out a way to get started. So we've decided like every quarter we're going to try to do an opening for it. So um, it's coming up. Um, if you guys are interested, let us know. There'll probably be a link in the show notes, a link in the email, um, those kind of things where you can get on the waiting list or you can jump in depending on where we are in the cycle. Uh, but we'd love to have you. Um, I really do enjoy working with people and we get to meet great people like Diane and all the other folks that have jumped in and see their growth. And, and I, I, I truly want you to win. Like I want you to win more than I want to win. And uh, that's what this group's all about. And I know all the coaches and everybody that we have in the in the mastermind program and coaching programs are, are just like that. So uh, you can jump in with us. We'd love to have you and, and be your guide and in, in on this journey that you're on, this inner and outer journey uh, that you're on as uh, for your next step. Uh, Diane, thanks for spending time with us. Hey, if anybody wants to... Um, to uh, reach out to you, maybe uh, they want, they need a broker in the area, something like that. Um, how can they do that? Um, my phone number is 360-635-1121 or reach out on my email. You can Google me, Diane Morris with two N's and an E. <laughs> awesome. I can't believe you just gave your phone number. That's crazy. Okay. We might have to edit that out, but we'll talk to Diane after. Hey, have a great day, everybody. We'll see you on the next podcast. Bye. Bye.